Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives. What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. Should I start the show Start talking about soccer? Is anyone tired of that yet? Did a lot of that during the day today on the uh, afternoon show. Do a little of it. We got a shortened nightcap tonight. What's up? I'm Sneaky Joe here on WGR. We're going to have Game 7 Blues and Stars in just about 40 minutes from now. We'll ha- carry that game live here on WGR. And you're probably thinking to yourselves, all right, I'm probably rooting for the Blues. Who's rooting for the Stars? On their own. And... That's kind of what this playoffs has been filled like, for me especially. Like, the format and the matchups is almost forcing me to have to root for teams that I did not want to ever have to root for. Uh, Dallas and Boston and Toronto. I mean, it, you had to choose at that point, right? You had that first round series, Bruins and Maple Leafs. Um, and I kind of, I went with the Bruins in Game 7. Uh, I didn't root for any of them before that, but once I kind of had to pick... It's like, all right, I got to pick a team here. I'm going to watch the game. I need to have some sort of rooting interest. Like, what am I going to go for here? And I keep finding, we keep finding things, at least I am. I'm trying to find things in this playoffs to make me pick a side because I hate half the teams that are in it. And in that series, it was, all right, I don't like Boston. They've won enough. But Toronto, you could throw them into a bit of a tailspin, and you never know what you could do to them by having them lose in the first round again. And we're seeing a little bit of that. They've got decisions to make. There was speculation about Babcock, although that seems to be uh, resolved. He's going to stick around. Um, and then now, now we've got Boston, Carolina is the Eastern Conference Finals, and that stinks. I mean, come on. I don't know what I'm going to do there. I think I'm going to have to pick Carolina in that one. Just Boston has won enough. They have 38 freaking championships between their four major sports teams. I don't need to be rooting for them to get into the finals or even make the finals. Carolina, yeah, they have our cup, but they've been out of it for a while, and like, there's at least some positives for me to root for them. Now, if they make the finals, I'll almost for sure root against them. But, you know, they at least have the war of words with Don Cherry, making t-shirts, bunch of jerks, um, the celebrations after the fact. Like They're the fun team. They're kind of fighting hockey culture, and I like that. So... I'm going to, just for this series, decide that I'm going to value that. So in the West, you got Dallas, right? We all know what happened in 99. I don't need to go into that. But there's Dallas. And that's gross. You don't want to root for them. And there's the Blues. Like, maybe you'd be rooting against O'Reilly. I don't really have any angst towards O'Reilly. I wanted him to stay here. But you could get there on that. But now you've got a Game 7 tonight. We're going to have it here in WGR in about 35 minutes. Blues and Stars. And... Here comes a reason for Sabre fans who already have had to pick between the Leafs and Bruins if you wanted to pick or had to pick between now the Hurricanes and the Bruins. And now here's a reason to root for the Dallas Stars. And that 
is just feels it feels grimy, it feels gross, and I don't want to have to do it. But you know what? So there's draft implications on the line tonight if the St. Louis Blues lose. And to me, it is impactful and significant enough to where I am going to be rooting for the Dallas Stars tonight. I'm going to be doing it. Now, if you're not familiar with the situation, the Sabres traded. There's a lot of moving pieces to get to that point to where we should root for the Stars tonight. There's a lot of mechanics to it. But essentially, the NHL draft format is kind of dumb, but there's two pools of teams in the draft order uh, lineup. So teams that make the conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals, they're put in one pool, and they are picks 28 through 31, depending on where they finish. Then the other playoff teams that didn't make the conference finals, regardless of whether they won a round or not, are plugged back in to the regular season point system. So you'll be picked 16 through whatever would be 27, um, and you'll do it that way. Or 17 through 27. Or 18, whatever it is. Now here comes a situation tonight where we've got the Blues and the Stars, and the Sabres traded their first-round pick. They First of all, going way back, they traded four first-round picks from San Jose and St. Louis. O'Reilly to the Blues, Kane to the Sharks. They have those two first-round picks. They trade a conditional first to Anaheim for Brandon Montour, who's a nice player. I like him. I think he's a solid second-pair defenseman. I think he, if you wanted to trade Ristolainen, now you have the ability to do that because Montour's here. Good, nice player. Good trade. That The conditions on that first-round pick is it will be the higher of the two first-round picks that the Sabres possess, Blues and Sharks. Not the Sabres one, seventh overall off the table. They're going to get the higher of the Blues and the Sharks pick. But, weirdly, only in the 20s. Like, only 20 and on. So, the Sabres, really, in an ideal world, you want the Blues to finish below 20. Because then you'll get the higher of the picks. But So, it could be 19 and you would get it, the Sabres. Or, but if it was 21, then it would go to the Ducks and you would get stuck with the Sharks pick. It's very strange conditions. So that leads you, leads us all to the point where St. Louis tonight, if they lose, they would not have made the conference final. So then draft order will go back to regular season standings. And the Blues would be slotted in the 18th or the 19th spot, depending on whether the Avalanche win and make it to the conference finals. If the Avalanche win, then they would be in that different pool, and the Blues would pick 18th. If the Avalanche lost, then they would be put into the regular season standings pool of the playoff teams, and they would pick, and then the Blues would pick 19th, which would be the Sabres. So, you want the Blues to lose because the Sabres will pick 18th or 19th. And there is a pretty big gap between that and And what happens if St. Louis wins? If St. Louis wins, the lowest the Sabres can pick is 28th. And that could be anywhere up to 31, depending on how far they would go. So, I don't know. I'm thinking about it, and I don't really want the Stars to win in any way. But at what point is moving up in the draft enough where you decide to root for Dallas. To me, 10 picks, 13 picks, whatever it ends up being. It could be as many as 13. Probably going to be 9 or 10 if they lose. Like, that's enough. That is enough for me to get on board with rooting for the Dallas Stars tonight. So I'm going to be doing it. Um, 
I think even though it's the NHL draft and it's pretty much a crapshoot once you get outside the top 10, it's still a 10-pick difference. And your success rate is higher, a lot higher. Like, it's, it's, it's enough where it's a lot higher where you're picking in the middle of the first round as opposed to the late first round. So, to me, that's enough for me to do it. I've got some people on Twitter already reaching out at SneakyJoeWGR that are saying that they don't think that that's enough. Like, if it was 20, 25 picks, if they were moving into the top 10, sure, okay. But just 10, like 10 picks, not in. And I can respect that because, like I said, rooting for the Stars already feels gross and the game hasn't started yet. So there's that. You can check out all the details. i got a story up on it at WGR550.com. kind of lays out how it works, why it happens this way, and uh, what's to gain for the Sabres tonight. 10 to 13, or 9 to 13 draft positions potentially on the line if Dallas beats St. Louis tonight. So there's that. I do want to get into the soccer a little bit. Just a little bit. Just bear with me for a second. Because... You know, we're, we're a sports radio station, and I get soccer is not a major sport in the United States, at least yet. It's, there's, some, there's like a running joke that like soccer's been the, the fastest growing sport in America for 50 years. Like it, That always gets said, but does it ever feel like it's changing? And now like I'm starting to feel like it, it's starting to gain traction. Um, I got a lot of friends, and maybe it's just in my generation, but I've got a lot of friends that are Liverpool fans. I got a lot of friends that are Premier League fans, soccer fans, and I would say like a majority of the friends I have that are sports fans are soccer fans. It's almost rare I'm finding, at least in my friend groups, of people my age that are into sports that are not into soccer. Like that almost comes along with it now. You have your you have the Bills, you have the Sabers. You have the NBA, which is more like you pick a star kind of in the NBA. Not really everyone has a team, but you have a star. Like there are LeBron guys, there were Kobe guys, there are Steph Curry guys, Durant guys, Giannis now. Like in the NBA, you kind of latch on to a superstar and you follow him around. But soccer like is kind of, I think, on the same level now. You like the Bills, you like the Sabres, maybe you have an NBA guy you like, and then you have a soccer team. Whether that be in... Mostly in the English Premier League, it seems. But also, there's the German League, the Spanish League, the Italian League, whatever. And the sport, I mean, it's so pure and it's so... Like, there are so many moments throughout a season that it provides you. More so than any sport here. And the format is a little different. So it's almost like a nice change of pace from playoffs and playoffs and seven-game series, which are awesome. Like, Game 7 is awesome. Can't wait for tonight for Blue Stars. Can't wait for Avalanche Sharks. And if any of the NBA series get there, which is trending towards a couple of them will, then I'll be excited for those too. But to have a different kind of format like you have in the English Premier League, for instance, there's no playoffs. Liverpool, Manchester City, you got to finish with the most points by the end of the year, and that's the team that wins the championship. And that's providing for a lot of different situations that you wouldn't normally see here in North American sports. You got a middle of the road team playing Manchester City, the first place team in England, yesterday, and a Leicester City team that's middle of the pack that really doesn't have anything to play for on their own suddenly has something to play for. They are influ- they are now influencing who wins the championship. And it's a spoiler thing, yeah, but Suddenly, you've got a crowd this Sunday, Brighton, who's a bad Premier League team. 
they're playing Manchester City. Manchester City beats them, they win the title. If they don't beat them, if they draw or they lose, they're probably not going to win the title. So here's this team, Brighton, who stinks. And they've got their home finale of the Premier League season. And they can take away a championship from the team they're playing. And that's cool. That's a different sort of feel that you never don't get here. Uh, Champions League, similar. Like You have the aggregate system. It's a two-game series. It's very easy, I think, to make fun of a two-game series. Before I was a big soccer fan, I thought that was kind of hilarious. Like, what? Two-game series and your tiebreaker is road goals? On the surface, it sounds dumb. But once you really get into the games and you see how the format influences, influences the strategy and the action, it's awesome. It's awesome. Liverpool today. Insane comeback. The biggest comeback in Champions League history in a semifinal. Down 3 nothing. They lost the first game 3 nothing. They need to win the second one, either 3 to nothing or they need to win it by 4 to win. And they do it. And they're up 4 nothing in game 2, which essentially means they're up 4-3 on aggregate, and they're going into the final minutes. And since road goals is the tiebreaker, you have a situation where Liverpool needs to not allow a goal and they'll win. If Barcelona scores a goal, they're not scoring for the tie. They are scoring to win because of the road goal tiebreaker. And that's another thing we don't really get a lot of here in North American sports. And the sport, man, it's just, it provides moments like today that I think is proving why young people especially, um, and really just sports fans in general, are growing onto it more and more. So, I don't know. I would. It doesn't have to be your thing. Um, I'm not typically the guy who likes to force or you know try to press that onto other people. Like if you don't like soccer, I'm not going to really talk about soccer with you. If uh, someone doesn't like Game of Thrones, I'm going to try not to talk. Like try to throw Game of Thrones in their face. Like oh, you got to watch it. You don't know what you're missing. Like it's generally not me, but. If you're someone kind of rolling your eyes at me talking soccer right now on a Buffalo sports radio station, I would just give you some, just maybe a little bit of advice. Just give it a shot. Give it a shot. You don't have to like it. Um, Because I thought when I gave it a shot like five years ago that I wasn't going to like it. And I've never, I mean, I could not imagine me right now not being a soccer fan considering how much I'm enjoying it. Um, Okay, so there's that. Like I said, short show here, so I'm trying to flow through some things, some thoughts in my head right now. 803-0550 is the phone number if you want to get in on the action. Um, Sabres have been on my mind today, too, a lot. Tickets was a topic of conversation, and this is kind of what I want to spend the rest of the show on. This is what I want to spend the majority of the show on. Like, we're going into next year. They don't have Skinner signed yet. They don't have a coach. We've got a good free agent class coming up, but... No one's really believing, I think, or even wanting the Sabres to go all in on a top free agent. So, like, what is going to instill hope in people to keep coming back and buying tickets and keep coming back and buying season tickets? Like, what's the thing right now for the Sabres that's going to do that? How are you going to convince the fan base that you're going to be better, the Sabres? Like, what if you, what if you don't sign Jeff Skinner? That is completely reasonable to ask right now. Of that team. What if you don't sign Jeff Skinner. Your top goal scorer. And you thought they looked bad at the second half of last year. I mean imagine where that team would have been without him last year. Housley probably. I guarantee you Housley would not have made it through the season. 
if Jeff Skinner was not on their team last season. So give Bottrell full credit for making that trade in the first place, but they got to get that contract signed. And to me, that would only bring so much hope. You'd be going in the opposite direction if you don't sign him. Because what are you going to do? Are you going to land a Duchesne? Are you going to land an Eric Carlson? Are you going to go be a little reckless and chase a Sergei Bobrovsky? Like, I don't know what the move is that's out there that could really get people on board for next season without number 53 in your lineup. I don't know if it's out there. So I've I've kind of been a proponent of wanting to see the Sabres at least even explore a big free agent like that, and that's almost regardless of whether they sign Skinner or not, because they're gonna have enough cap room where they can kind of make it where they can make it work. They have enough cap room coming up. Molson's finally off your off your books. Pominville's off your books. I think you can find a way to get Scandella or Bogosian off of your books with a trade. Um, you're not paying anything to goalies. Like they might be last in the NHL if they're not not last. They're near the bottom in dollar amounts paid to goaltenders. They should be able to afford going after a big free agent, whether or not they sign Skinner. So, like that's where I'm at. 803-0550 is the phone number. Tell me what you think about that. We'll take a time out here. We'll get to your calls right after the break. And then I got a little uh, a little nugget on USA Hockey. They got their pre-competition game going today against uh, Germany. Uh, Jack Eichel had a sweet assist to Clayton Keller. And I got a little something on USA Hockey. Uh, 803-0550 is the phone number. We got about 25 minutes until we get to coverage of Game 7 between the Stars and the Blues here on WGR. They're doing whatever it takes to win. And not that they're like doing anything dirty or nothing like that, but they're doing whatever it takes to win. And we're just kind of rolling in, looking like, oh, yeah, we'll box. And and they slamming us. So we got to just change our mindset. And I think if we change our mindset, then we'll be just fine. But we haven't. That is Warriors power forward. There's not really positions, I guess, in basketball anymore. That's Draymond Green. And that series is tied at two, Rockets and Warriors. The second round, hey, NHL, like, parody, here comes the NBA to some extent. It's not really near, it's not that close. Um, But the NBA, they made some strides this year. Like, the second round is so much better than it's been in the past. Every single series is good. I think all of them are two to two except for Bucks and Celtics. And Milwaukee leads that one three to one. And I don't know if anyone would be stunned if Boston came back. I don't think they're definitely not favored to do that. They're definitely not likely to do it, but they could. Um, NBA playoffs have been great. Houston tying that series last night 2-2. They could have won game one. They could have been up 3-1. Um, the Denver series against Portland's been good. Philly-Toronto is tonight. That series has been good. So it's been a great uh, season here for NBA playoffs because the second round has been leaps and bounds better than past seasons. And the NHL, like, it's having a weird year. Playoff-wise, it's a weird year. All your top, like the, the team's NBC shoves down your throat year in and year out in the regular season are not there. Crosby's not there in the Penguins. Ovechkin and the Capitals, gone. The Lightning, gone. Leafs, gone. 
Kings and Blackhawks. Didn't even come close. Who am I missing? The Wild. Always on national TV. Gone. The Blues might be the team that's on national TV the most. Now Boston's still there. Boston's hanging around. But there's not a lot of original six teams. There's no Detroit. There's no Rangers. So it's been a weird uh, a weird playoffs for the NHL. You got Dallas and Columbus just got eliminated. Um, I'm enjoying it to some extent. I hate the fact that there have been a lot of bad matchups as a Sabre fan. Like, don't want to have to pick between the Leafs and Bruins. Don't want to ever have to pick between the Hurricanes and Bruins. Or rooting for the Stars tonight because of draft pick implications. Uh, the Sabres, by the way, real quick on this. The Sabres are not the only team that have draft pick implications tonight. If you want to get more details on the Sabre side of that, uh, WGR550.com for that. The uh, New York Rangers have implications tonight. So they traded Matt Zuccarello at the trade deadline, who's been playing really well for the Stars. And... It was a second-round pick, but there was a condition that if Dallas made the third round the conference finals, that that pick would turn into a first. So if Dallas wins tonight, they will be giving their first-round pick to the Rangers. Um, and then the Rangers would have three first-round picks. So they're trying to do a rebuild there, and that would certainly help uh, them out. 803 is the phone number. We ended last segment on like what will instill some hope for the Sabres in 2019-2020. I'm struggling to find it beyond like a Gronberg hire or a Sheldon Keefe hire, like a head coach hire that would really instill some sort of optimism and not like the Jacques Martin and the Todd Richards types. Um, but I don't know. It's a coach, so I don't know how much that can influence an entire fan base and get an entire fan base excited. I mean, you can be, like I said, optimistic about it, but I don't think anyone's going crazy over whoever the coach is. Whereas if they sign Skinner and maybe they add another big-name free agent like a Duchesne, I don't necessarily love that idea, but it would certainly get people optimistic, and that's what I'm thinking about right now. Like, what is going to get people thinking, hey, they can really make the playoffs this year? Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Let's go to Ron. Ron, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Ron, you there? I'm not hearing Ron. Might be on our end, Ron. Sorry about that. Um, okay, so... Ron, what Ron had wanted to talk about, at least what the call screener says, was about a wrist and trade. And I thought about that through the break as I read that. And, like, is that going to do it? Is that going to do it for people? Trading wrist alignment? It'll certainly depend on what you get back. But, to me, it's not just a wrist and trade straight up. You trade him for what you got for O'Reilly pieces and picks like low end pieces bottom six guys then that's not instilling any type of hope in anyone whereas if you do somehow land a Braden Point or a Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Ristolina is the centerpiece of that deal like then we're talking then we're talking alright I wanted to get to a USA hockey thing here so the world championships today Kind of started. It was the pre-tournament game, USA versus Germany, and USA won. The USA won five-two. I've kind of been on this train for a while now, but I am. F- and if you didn't see the Eichel goal, check it out on our, on our uh, Twitter page at WGR five fifty. He does the move that he did to set up Skinner for a sweet goal uh, early in this past season, where he goes between uh, off the face-off. He goes between the other centerman's legs. 
goes right by him, and then throws it to the winger who's already in front of the net, and he buries it. And he did that today with Clayton Keller. Um, Eichel's been centering a line of Clayton Keller and Patrick Kane on Team USA, and that just further, further shows how talented USA Hockey's getting. Like, this is not the same old, same old Dustin Brown and Brandon Dubinsky, Justin Advocator era, where it's just a bunch of third and second line grinder types, tough nose. You like USA can go toe to toe, I think, with Canada now, just on talent alone. And I love international hockey. I am just so sick to my stomach sometimes about the fact that we just don't get it ever. They tried to throw the World Cup in our faces, and it, it was lame. They took the Olympics from us. They better go back because I'm at a point where I'm looking at all the talent on USA, and I want to see. I want to see it. Uh, I want to see it pay off. I want to see if they can take advantage of this high, like this high point in time where Team USA, like they've got elite hockey players, especially down the middle. You've got Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel and Dylan Larkin, and here comes Jack Hughes. And you've got Patrick Kane still, and Johnny Goudreau, and DeBrinket's a 40-goal scorer, and Clayton Keller is a 60-70 point guy. You've got both Kachucks, Matthew Kachuk. I love watching him. Uh, and it looks like Brady's going to be pretty good too. God forbid Middlestad ever became anything. He'd be like their fifth best center. Um, and he was the number one prospect in hockey last year. So, And then the defense, you've got both Columbus guys, Zach Wierenski, Seth Jones... They could totally go toe-to-toe with a Canada at this point, but we're never going to see them get a shot at it because the NHL is like siphoning off international hockey and they're not really pushing it back out. And that's just so lame. I hate that. And, um, man, I'm hoping they go back to the Olympics because I, you, can't, you can't get excited for the World Championships. I, I can't. They're over in Europe every time. They're on at weird times. They're in cities that you've never heard of for the most part. And sometimes you don't even get the broadcast in English. And you've got a lot of college and college players and minor league players. Like even USA for the Worlds. It's like Adam Fox is on the team. Uh, guys that would never be on the real team. Like Christian Wollinen, Colin White, Luke Lendenning. Like, eh. I'm not getting up to watch that. So... I don't know. I, I'm I wanna see either the World Cup grow into something more than it is. I mean if it even is anything, because remember, I think they canceled it for this time around. They didn't cancel it, they just didn't schedule it a second time. So I don't know. I, I'm at a point where I just want to see something and I have no confidence that it's gonna happen. Wouldn't you want to see Jack Eichel win a gold medal? I know you want to see him win a Stanley Cup probably a hundred times more, but it'd be cool. It'd be cool to showcase some of the best talent the NHL has, but on an international stage. And the NHL, man, is just like, they're doing a disservice to all hockey fans everywhere by not allowing that to happen. Playoffs tonight, which is a couple minutes away. Blues and Stars, we're going to get coverage going in just a couple minutes, and then puck drop will be at 8 o'clock. If you want to know what's on the line for the Sabres tonight, draft position-wise, go to our website, WGR550.com. I'll give you a quick rundown real quick here again on what's on the line. So the Sabres can pick 18th or 19th if St. Louis loses tonight to the Dallas Stars. The Whether it's 18th or 19th is dependent on whether the Avalanche win. 
So if the Blues win, or if the Blues, sorry, if the Blues lose and the Avalanche win, then St. Louis will pick 18th. If the Blues lose and the Avalanche lose as well, then the Sabres, I should say, will pick 19th. Both of those, you know, not bad. Middle of the first round. For your second first round pick, that's pretty good. But if the St. Louis Blues win tonight, the Buffalo Sabres with their second first round pick will pick no higher than 28th. And it could be as low as 31, depending if they go all the way to the cup. So it's kind of gross, like I've said, to root for the Dallas Stars. But uh, tonight, like, I think we got to put our pride aside. Try to forget 99 for a night and root for the Dallas Stars to make the Western Conference Finals, and then we can root against them once they get there. But Because then the Sabres will be picking in the middle of the first round rather than right at the end. And that's pretty valuable. It's not bad. All right, thanks everybody for listening to the shortened show tonight. I'm off tomorrow and Thursday, so I'll be back with you on Friday. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and stay tuned here on WGR because, like I said, we have got stars and... Um, Stars and Blues, I was just talking about them. Stars and Blues coverage is coming up next. NHL Playoffs, which is brought to you on WGR by Fiegel and Carr, your border attorneys. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. NHL Playoffs up next here on WGR.